Sonic States. Hello and welcome, Sonic State, Sonic Talk Live, uh, number 127. Um, it's going to be um, going out on iTunes uh, on the well 30th of April. Uh, of course, uh, for those of us who are in the live chat room, uh, they're listening live and chatting live with sonicstate.com forward slash live. Those who aren't in the live chat room, get yourself down here next time, maybe uh, at four o'clock UK time. Um, so uh, with me at the moment are my guests, um, Mark Tinley. Hello, Mark. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. I've been in the garden tinkering. 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 I've put the head head back on my Royal Enfield bullet, which is really exciting, which means I'm grubby as anything. I stink of petrol. Um, But I've got a new exhaust valve, so hopefully it will run properly now. Nice. Never had one so of those. It's the other technical side of my life, which you probably have no clue what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I do right? motorbikes because we I have do. talked okay. about your motorcycles and uh, chopped mo- monkey bikes and things in the past. We just haven't spoken for a while. I guess it's been winter and motorbikes aren't really much right. of a winter pastime, are they? Unless you're tinkering in the garage. Nice motorbiking day today. It's a shame it's not running or I'd be out on it. That will be be interesting. A live podcast from the bike as you drive <laughs> around. That'll be pretty yeah. ambitious. <laughs> If Skype on iPhone works, maybe we'll try that. Yeah, we could try that sometime. Um, and, uh, well, uh, where can we find you, um, Mark? Aspergineering.com. yeah. And my next guest, Dave Spears, G4Software.com. Hello. I've been watching your tweets. You've been doing banks. Does that mean banks of sounds for the new, for the new software synth? Yes. Which is Imposca 2, am I right? Yeah, basically taking all of the older, you know, the the, the real Imposca sounds and uh, adding things like aftertouch and new LFO modulation stuff and things to it, which mm. has been a long job. I imagine. And still continues to be a long job. Well, looking forward to it. I can't wait to, to check it out, definitely. Maybe I can try it out um, one day on this, this uh, SM Pro Audio V machine that I've got here, um, which was sent for review. Basically, it's a little box about the size of a um, QY10 that is a computer. Uh, and it runs uh, Windows-based VST instruments and plugins and stuff. When I was reading through the documentation, it said that I could, I could uh, boot the Mac version of the VM machine, which is something we talked about last week, which means I can run Windows plugins on my Mac, uh, in, win- in Mac version 10.4.5 and higher. But it actually turns out to be 10.5, which I don't have on this Mac. And I, did. I did try that program, and the only thing my so I've got a few things for my wish list for that program already, and one of them is to be able to um, assign different MIDI inputs to that program so that I can rewire from one of my sequences to it. Oh, I yeah. can get the sound back into things using Soundflower, but I can't get the MIDI in. I can I can play it with MIDI, but I couldn't get find any way of getting Logic's MIDI output to feed that so that I could bounce things into Logic or Pro Tools to feed it. You might have to um, use a second MIDI interface and, you know, loop back and all that stuff. Ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh. I didn't get that far. I just messy. kind of gave up at that point. Yeah, um, but I've been having fun with it. It looks really complex, actually. You've got three slots. You've got four, four parts of multi-timbral plus an effects, two effects channels and a master channel. Each of those has three... 
um, plug-in slots. So, I mean, depending on how much you need, you can run, you know, you can run them into uh, into this. It's, it seems quite um, quite. How fun. do you control it then? If you can't, if it's the size of a QY10, it's very clever. You just plug like a USB keyboard in the back of it. You know, if you've got a, a like, a, I've got an Axiom M Audio Axiom um, sixty one, and I just plug the USB directly in, and it goes, oh. Uh, there's a MIDI USB device being plugged in. Okay, thanks. I'll take the input from that. But how about? I mean, how do you control what's in the slot? How it does? Uh, it, well, how, how do you see what's in there? Well, yeah, you have to set it up for the whole point. Is is you set it up sort of first, but you can install various plugins onto the machine and then load them into the various slots. We're working on how it. How much are they? I think they're about five hundred bucks. So about four hundred pounds, three hundred and sixty quid, three hundred ninety nine, something like that. Wow. I think it's got about a gig of RAM. Uh, or a, and a gig storage, I think. I haven't checked the specs yet. I've just been sort of first impressions and all that. It's kind of fun. So anyway, I don't know where Rich... Ah, oh, we have Rich now. Fingers crossed, everybody. Let's have a collective finger crossing for Mr. Rich Hilton. Hi, fellas. Here he is, Rich Hilton. Uh, Rich Hilton can be found myspace.com forward slash Hiltonius. So, um, wellmixed.com is the first of our topics, and... This was something that uh, came up. I think they're running a competition. I forget now. But it's, it's run by a chap called Clay Vernon. And essentially what you do is you set, you can upload your projects. Uh, they take GarageBand, uh, Pro Tools, uh, Logic, various, you know, Cubase, various things. Uh, 149 bucks. They'll mix your song up to six minutes. It's mixed and remastered. Uh, you can project contain up to 32 stereo tracks. And their kind of pitch is easily avoid the do-it-yourself sound. And break away from the pack. And um, there's kind of a few of these things around. There's also mixingandmastering.com, and, you know, I'm sure there are others. I haven't found all of them yet. But I just wondered, um, any, obviously, anybody know anybody who's used this kind of thing? And did, can it work? Because obviously it's removed. It's kind of takes, it almost takes it back to the old days of, uh, you know, the mix happens and you're not there. Unattended mixes and all that sort of thing. I don't know. What do you think? Rich, can it be done? Can it work? Yeah, I think it can, and in some cases does. Um I think it's a business model that's been, as you mentioned, floated a number of times by a number of different people and with varying degrees of success. This is a nice piece of marketing right here, this website, this wellmixed.com. And I kind of like the way they approach it and their prices are very low and will seem very reasonable to people. I did check, I did check, I did check actually, mixingandmastering.com charges the same amount. So it must oh, be okay. a going rate, but it is, I mean, it's very appealing, isn't it? It's written in good language. It's nicely done. Um, I'm kind of semi-affiliated with eSession.com, and they have similar promotions where, you know, but they're offering name guys, like with resumes on their website. And uh, Yeah, I'm one of them, actually. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So, uh, you know, they're not charging 149 a song. You know, or 99 a song. They're charging uh, at their discounted rate, as I understand it at this point. They're getting people to work for like $250 a song or $300 a song. I don't want to be quoted on that, but, but that's what I thought but, I saw but last. But you're getting kind of name name kind of uh, name Oh, stuff. absolutely. And you get to read their resume, and they may have mixed the album that you think you want your project to sort of be tailored towards their audience or something. I mean, there, there's it's a very, very uh, sleek presentation of the various artists and the various talents that are available mm, i wonder if and it's um if it's making money for people do you know anyone who's on the list who's kind of got any work from it i know two people on the list mark and i <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and the answer to the next part of the question is... I um, have not made any. No. <laughs> Fair enough. I wonder how it is, because I'm, I'm sure there's... The, the only thing that I think could be an issue is there's very there's plenty of possibility for misunderstanding if it's just a couple of email conversations and then the tapes arrive. I don't know. I know... I noticed a very similar thing on TuneCore, and you can send your stuff off to somebody to mix it on TuneCore, because I've got some of my things on TuneCore.com to get them in the iTunes music store. And what I noticed is that the mixes start around the same price, but then when you start to have additional things, like if they tune the vocal for you, that costs nearly as much as having a mix done. And if they put things in time for you, that costs nearly as much as having a mix done. So you could start off, if, if, you're, if you're already very competent and you send them something very complete with things in tune and, and in time and all sort of ready sorted, then I think you would get your mix for that price. But I'm sure that it's a bit like everything else, that as soon as it arrives in the person who's mixing its inbox, if they will send you an email saying, have you considered that your main vocal's not in tune and needs tuning? That's an additional $149. Have you considered that this instrument and that instrument also out of tune, out of time or whatever, and that will cost you this much more. And then by the time you've finished, you might end up with a bill for $1,000 after somebody spent the amount of time and work it takes to make something chart worthy or what we consider chart worthy at the moment well that's something that's quite interesting you mentioned that because um i when i was looking at it i I thought i'd check out a few of the examples and they all sounded you know the the mixes were fine but the actual playing and the timing was pretty suspect in a lot of cases and i don't know whether that's me being hypercritical but you know that's the sort of thing you kind of expect it to be a little tighter than that when it's sort of a finished product so when it's not really tight it sort of sounds disappointing in some ways hmm Mm. Dave? Yes. No, I probably wouldn't use it. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I probably would use. The Metropolis do a thing. Uh, it's imastering.co.uk. And there's a couple of mastering engineers there. And I think, let me have a look here, depending on the mastering engineer, it's between, it's about 125 quid a track. But there's one guy called uh, Miles Scholl, who uh, I have on good authority, is a brilliant mastering engineer. So I'd probably be tempted for that. Okay. I mean, it might be interesting if you've got it all in, in you know, in the uh, in the pocket and all right, and then just kind of go, oh, let's send it off 150 bucks. Let's see what somebody comes up with, because it might take it somewhere where you think, oh, actually, there's a, that's a good idea. I might I might try that. Mm. Particularly mastering, for me, anyway. Mastering, yeah. Mastering, I would definitely do. Yeah, mastering's kind of a, a bit of a black art. You can kind of do it, I don't know, but I want, you know, nowadays we've all got tools to kind of do that thing that we probably overdo. I mean, probably not you, Rich, but you know, that whole sort of normalization limiting to toothpasting, the whole thing. Um, Mm. we can kind of make something quite unmasterable (laughs) by ourselves. That's easy. That's easy. Yeah. (laughs) I suppose that's true, but yeah, good, good services. And I think maybe something, cause it looked like looking at the, um, the clients on this, they all kind of feel that it looks like they quite often have uh, quite good relationships with the guy who's mixing it, you know, so they, they kind of he, they're almost his clients anyway. It's just, they, they're further afield and he, they obviously trust him with what he does. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, 149 bucks for a song up to six minutes mixed and mastered 99 bucks for up to three and a half minutes mixed and mastered. So that would, if you were, if you're on budget, that would kind of teach you to write the pop song 
you know, under under time, the, the perfect radio edit. <laughs> if you wanted to save money, it's got to be in under three minutes 30. <laughs> right. Um, oh, here's something unusual. Uh, Dave, you sent this in. Check this out. Well, you, you already have, but maybe the others would like to hear it. Lift up your heart. All will come right out of the depths of sorrow and of sacrifice. We'll be born again the glory of mankind. This is the message to all the states and nations, bond or free. We cannot yet see how deliverance will come, or when it will come. But nothing is more certain than that every trace of Hitler's footsteps, every chain of his infested and corroding fingers will be sponged and purged, and if need be, blasted from the surface of the earth. This then, my lords and gentlemen, is the message which we send forth today. Lift up your heart. All will come right out of the depths of sorrow and of sacrifice. Okay, that was uh, entitled Lift Up Your Hearts, and I think it's by the Gregory Brothers, although it's been posted on YouTube um, by, I've forgotten what the name of him is now, the username, which is a bit bit rubbish, but um, it's a... It's quite good, isn't it, Dave? It was it was sort of it's weird because it's like history history spoof <laughs> music. It's brilliant. I loved it. I have to say Decker sent it to me, so thank you very much for that. But I found myself after I'd played this, I thought, Oh god, it's so obvious, isn't it, taking a kind of historical speech and you know, putting some music to it and slinging it through auto tune. But then I found myself kind of humming it around the house constantly. For about 24 hours, driving everybody else nuts. <laughs> it's quite catchy. I mean, for those who don't know, that's um, a speech by uh, Winston Churchill, um, which is a kind of bizarre thing to do. And they, But they also do really good video accompaniment. You know, they're really clever on the sort of low-budget video accompaniment. They've done brilliant videos where they green screens themselves into various things. There's a, there's a shot of a bloke playing a keytar sitting down the table from where, where yeah. Churchill is, and it's just really nicely blended in. You know, it's very it's a bit weird Al Yankovic, but it's sort of more classy than that somehow. It's really, um, really enjoyed it. <laughs> And the Martin Luther King one was also very good, but not as good as this. There's loads of other ones there. And they're a band called the Gregory Brothers, who are in fact brothers. Uh, and they're Andrew, Michael and Evan. Uh, and they've also got this uh, another member called Sarah Fullen, who plays bass and guitar and sings as well. And there's some, if you go to their MySpace page, there's the pictures of, and tracks of their, of their songs, you know, generally recorded live. And they're really bloody good. They, in, in the same way that Kings of Leon, you know, get that kind of brilliant brotherly vocal harmony and singing together kind of thing just right these guys have got that in you know in quite a lot of uh, with quite a lot high abundance and they've just got something about them it's almost sort of little feet kind of vibe but i've thought they were really good and there's loads of other videos of them there's auto tune in the news and they just take a topic and then play just play with it and turn it into a song and it's really really creatively done with loads of great backing vocals and all sorts of other stuff and i don't know how they how they find the time, but I thought it was really good. Did it, Rich, did you get a chance to see any of these? Yeah, I did. Um, I enjoyed this Winston Churchill one quite a bit, I thought. And, and the Martin Luther King one was pretty cool. Um, who knew that my life in the Bush of Ghosts was going to be such a formative thing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. There is, there is that. It is, has got the, uh, that, that kind of vibe to it as well, hasn't it? And back then, they didn't have samplers. No, that's true. But they or did have multi-million pound recording studios and all the money in the world to make them with. 
Absolutely. And now now you've got a guy with a MIDI keyboard and an either auto-tune or Melodyne, and he's playing melody underneath the guy's speech <laughs> to yeah. some track he's created and, and cutting it up in some fairly interesting ways. I like the idea in general of using found things in this montage world. Once you've made the decision that you're moving away from live events and into montage world, everything is fair game. And, uh, and there's another example I think uh, we'll be discussing today of everything is fair game. And uh, you use, you use every, all the sounds you can get. So I dug it. Yeah, and way. the thing I thought about it is they they should get a spot on uh, one of these kind of weekly or, or nightly news shows, you know, um, like Jay Leno or something, as a kind of to musicalize a particular headline of the day or an issue of the week or whatever. I'm sure they could do a really good job, and it would be a brilliant feature for for a program. If only we had the budget, we'd get them to do it. But I mean, I'm surprised that nobody's got them yet because they're based in New York, and they should they should have a gig like that because they're really creative, and they make funny videos too. <laughs> Mark, did you check it out? I did check it out, and I like these things. I'm, I had this whole obsession with um, speech as music for a long time, and uh, one of the things around that is the thing I did with Nick and Warren, the board with Prozac and the Internet rock opera thing, which was an album about 15 years ago, which hasn't been released, I think. It might be released on iTunes this year or next year. I'm not really sure. Um, but then I also listened to uh, listening to the WNYC um, oh, the radio, podcast, radio lab. Radio yeah. lab. There's one edition, uh, There's one one episode of that which has um, a woman called Diana Deutsch on there, who's a psychologist who discovered this whole thing about tonality and speech and um, how speech becomes music if you listen to it for long enough. And I've been thinking about films and when i so i mean so i've gone off on a whole train of thought from watching this and yes it was good but what it's made me what what it's made me think about is the tonality of speech and if i was to write a piece of music that kind of went would that make you feel agitated or if i was to write another piece of music that was kind of Ah, ah, and all that, you know, like calming, soothing sort of music. I mean, I, I suppose so. I mean, the thing is, you take any kind of short vocal phrase and repeat it; it's it going to have musical, it's going to be yeah. it's going to have a musical aspect to it. I suppose, and that's what is sort of. So, deep. how does music work in films? That whole thing when you're watching a film and you burst into tears, even if you're not watching the picture properly or really paying attention to the plot. People who write music for film know how to tip you over the edge. And it's a shame PJ isn't on this call because he probably knows the answer to that question. But, um, you know, I, I want to look at more ways of creating, of generating emotions in people through writing pieces of music that sound like the way somebody speaks, in other words, to create that emotion. And then it probably wouldn't work mm, for different oh, cultures. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did really make me think, actually. So I liked it a lot. Yeah, creative individuals, well worth checking out. Um, I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes, and if you get a chance, uh, the Gregory Brothers, if they're playing anywhere near you, I don't know. Uh, I'd just like to interrupt this uh, episode to say that we are now at our officially highest ever listener peak. So not much longer before we actually have to go up a tier in the uh, live streaming model thing that we uh, that we use. Oh, so well done, everybody. Woohoo! Well done, everybody. Yeah. Ah yes, well this trumps it by miles was my uh, was my next piece. 
which is there we go Bohemian Rhapsody there, played on the Atari 800XL, was used for the lead piano organ sound. There's a Textus Texas Instruments TI-99 as a lead guitar, an 8-inch floppy disc as a bass, 3.5-inch hard drive as the gong, and an HP Scanjet 3C was used for all the vocal lines. And basically, this is by a user called BD594, who's put together some pretty interesting... Uh, kind of retro electronical music pieces and I, I think this was all in real time as far as i can tell and it was it's bonkers because the, the whole thing is like a six and a half minute piece it's pretty it's pretty sort of out there and perhaps not as musically interesting um on the ear but uh, quite an achievement dave did you enjoy that kind of <laughs> it's quite painful i suppose yeah i was never a fan of the original um i am quite fascinated with assemblage which is you know, the kind of creation of art out of three-dimensional objects from various sources. And this, what I find really fascinating about this is the audio and the video aspect of it, because it's one thing doing it from a bunch of samples and whatnot, but it's another thing doing it and filming it. As a performance piece. Yeah, 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 it's just quite stunning, really. I like the, there's some other stuff that he does where he uses speakers as hard drives, and I sort of followed this thread a little bit through, and there's this... uh, site called instructables.com and it shows you how to make uh, speakers out of your hard out of hard drives obviously don't try this on uh, currently active hard drives because it'll obviously wipe the out of all of it but you know just it's quite i mean they sound sort of funny but it's a it's a sort of party piece rich I, i'm guessing you probably feel similar to this as you did about the last bit perhaps even less intrigued because it's not a pleasant sound is it Oh, I didn't. I was interested in it, but I don't understand what it is. Maybe one of you guys can explain this to me. I have no idea what I'm looking at and listening to. Well, basically, um, this guy has presumably programmed some. Uh, it must be a, a program to control all of these mechanical devices, and to such a degree that they actually generate these melodies in real time. And so he's, he's essentially playing these non-musical instruments as musical instruments so the scanner which has a sort of certain pitch to it depending on how fast it's going or which direction or whatever is is making is playing the lead line and you know and so on and so forth and that is i I guess it's almost it's a bit like building the uh, empire state building out of matchsticks you know it's kind of what's the point yeah but it's kind of cool (laughs) you know what i mean yeah well it doesn't it's interesting to me and and the mechanical nature of rube goldberg sort of thing interests (laughs) me and um it doesn't sound horrible as a project goes, as a mechanical project goes. I just, it's kind of like, it remind, well, in the mechanical sense, it reminds me of when James Taylor in his last solo tour 
says I'm bringing out my drum machine and they wheel out this massive wooden thing that works mechanically from a motor and basically <laughs> creates, you know, so this is sort of the yeah, electronic. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Equivalent of that, and and it, it's, it's cool. I don't know how. How do you control a printer to make it go? Well, that's why I wonder. Presumably, have, you, you, like you'd that. have to have a computer with kind of serial ports and have all these control things. But I guess the point is, is um, there's a lot of there seem to be quite a lot of stuff. This kind of stuff around, which is uh, which is kind of following on from what you were saying about the assemblage kind of idea that it's just lots of things making music that aren't necessarily designed to do so. I mean, Mark, did you? Did you get off on it? Did you uh, um, uh, have you started the uh, the printer orchestra in your um, garage yet? <laughs> I did get off on it. I haven't started the printer orchestra, but I did wonder whether some of it might be a little bit fake. You think? Well, there was one very glitchy noise in there, which I thought didn't sound like somebody had pointed a microphone at something. Either that, or they they'd looped it and played with it more. It didn't sound what didn't sound like it had been recorded it sounded like something that yes well i mean i'd I'd forgive him one or two of those because the general thrust of it is pretty (laughs) impressive no no i can't forgive it It has has to be be complete every single component (laughs) has to be made from a thing otherwise it's you know it's wrong i bought a set of spanners today and i don't need a half inch whitworth spanner because it's way too big for anything on my bike however and it was seventeen pounds something. However, without that span, without that spanner, the set is not complete. So I had to buy it, even though I don't need it. Do I detect a sort ah. of a, a slight strain of obsession um, coming through in your personality there? It might be the Aspergers, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, user BD five nine four on YouTube, uh, and one of his many musical uh, forays, and that was uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I think I might use that to play us out, just because it's. Uh, it's such an epic. It, it, it sort of falls <laughs> apart, falls apart a little bit when it gets into the rock section because it's a bit too fast and the articulations are too quick, so the rhythm falls to bits a bit. But up to then, it's a good moment. <laughs> right. Um, I think it's probably time for an ad, actually, because um, uh, we, we're getting on. And this one is uh, Roland UK. They've changed their, their focus a little bit this week. I would just like to say thank you very much to Roland UK for advertising with us. And they want me to uh, to point you at a competition they're running. for. You can win a, a Boss Micro BR, which is a pretty amazing little micro recorder. They've got a competition running, and they've got these things called Planet Roland Centres, which are in all the major dealers in the UK. They've got like a little mini shop. And each of the guys, the keyboard specialist there, has been charged with uh, creating a patch that uses the vSynth GT OS 2, version 2, which is just out. It's a new v- operating system for the vSynth GT, which is gives you all sorts of kind of elastic audio kind of vibes to it. I, I believe, Mark, you've probably, um, you've probably had a demo of this. Is that right? I have. Very good, actually. Excellent. Well, and all these guys in uh, the Planet Roland stores have put, uh, put videos up of them creating patches in the vSynth GT. All you've got to do is go over there, check them all out, and vote for your favourite one, and then there will be a winner pulled out of the hat, and you could win a micro BR. So you want to head over to roland.co.uk, vSynth GT patch vote, all one word, roland.co.uk slash vSynth GT patch vote. Once again, thank you very much to Rolling UK for the continued sponsorship of the show. And now normal business can be resumed. And that normal business uh, was impulse responses. Uh, I was going to play a few because I didn't realise that you could actually listen to them. So who wants to hear a Lexicon 200 chamber? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Ooh. What do you think of that, eh? Very good. Or um, there's something else as well. That's not it. Never mind. (laughs) 
Anybody got any tumbleweed? <laughs> As it happens, I do. I'll just put it in there. Just uh, This is not the reverb. There we go. Howard Scar, tumbleweed moment, um, just to uh, impress upon the fact that I only had one convolution reverb sample to play. For that is indeed our next topic, um, impulse responses. There's a lot of free stuff out there, and I downloaded a whole load of Lexicon 200 uh, presets. There's also a load of things from voxandgo.com, um, which has a, a tool called Impulse Modeler, and that allows you to create your own kind of synthesized impulses. And, and you can drop, I guess you can drop these into pretty much any kind of convolution reverb, um, such as the Logic, uh, oh, what's it called, Space Designer, and uh, presumably things like uh, Audio Ease's, um, what's it called, the Audio Ease one? Al- um, Altiverb. Altiverb. Anybody ever messed with these? Because I've never yes. really kind of got into it, and it just seems stupid because you tend to just stick with the presets. Mark, you, you piped up. I did pipe up. I've messed with, uh, well, it is now the Sony one, but it used to be the Sonic Foundry one, which was called Acoustic Modeler, and it is now a part of SoundForge. And yes, I've messed with it and made my own impulse responses of things and fed it all the wrong things as well. That's quite good fun. If you feed it a synthesized WAV file as an impulse response, it gets very confused and starts spitting out all sorts of new convoluted convoluted yeah i suppose they are convolved kind of uh sounds convolved from synth patches which is I, I mean just listening to the impulse response i can't imagine the 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 stuff that's going on there to kind of figure out what to do with say something with a load of bass in it it seems like it's you know with those impulse responses it's quite clever stuff but i don't know i mean is there a is there a qualitative difference between uh you know a regular kind of dsp based reverb and a convolution one rich i guess you might might know yes i do um i use altiverb all the time i've used mcdsps i've used waves um and i like the um i like the impulse responses very much and i rarely use i do occasionally use other digital recreational reverbs that are not impulse response based but uh impulse response reverbs are great and altiverb is wonderful do i really deeply mess with them no i find one i like and i modify it to what i need you know in terms of time usually and that's enough but um they have all these magnificent spaces sampled and and they really do sound incredible to me the re excuse me the level of realism in uh in altiverb is really pretty stunning yeah, I mean they were the first. They were aren't they the kind of the first and the the longest serving one? Perhaps, perhaps. I, I don't use know it- that they. I think the the acoustic modeler has been around at least since the early nineties. Right. Yeah, probably so. But didn't Is they that- send Altiverb send have a team of people that they send all over the world with field recorders? Don't they? And they send uh, well, somebody they got, out they to got I think they've got Arjun who does it. He's kind of the guy who he who gets to spend a lot of his time doing just that, traveling all over the world, finding great spaces. I remember because I found a really good space in um, the place called Saint Circle Poppy in uh, in France, in the Lot Valley, and it's a beautiful sixteenth, um, seventeenth century Catholic church with just nothing in it. You know, so it's very, very live and reverberant, and it's uh, it's an amazing space. And also, it's miles from any kind of noise pollution as well. In a village, it's very no- easy to do. Is it? 
And if you go on the Sonic Foundry or now the Sony website, the actual the um, the impulses are there. So you basically you download them, burn them onto a CD, and take a Ghetto Blaster and stick that at one end of the room, yeah, and play it in there, and you get like this kind of thing that sounds like uh, mm-hmm. it sounds like one of those weird rare birds from the amazon rainforest that kind of make that kissing sort of noise so it kind of makes this high-pitched squeal and then a backwards kissing noise and then uh, you stick your microphone up at the other end of the room and record the result and i guess obviously the ghetto blaster or whatever speakers you're using and whatever microphone you're using will have some impact on uh the quality of your impulse response right. But I think there's a way of um, compensating for that as well. But I've forgotten. There's exactly lots of that. Actually, um, some Matt C says he uses balloons to do his impulse response. Presumably, pop one, which sounds like a short, sharp shock. I, don't, I, I can't help but think because I'm rich. I mean, when everybody used to use the Lexicon 480L, and it was kind of like you almost it was there was a um, a kind of elite club of people who knew how to program it and they had their own presets that they used to sort of put in. I remember, you know, there was some bug beans and all these kind of, it was like a real sort of higher echelon reverb kind of preset club. I mean, that kind of doesn't really happen so much now with this sort of thing. You don't get the personalized stuff. You just got to choose from what's already made. Does well, that, no, does that- that's not really true because as Mark says, they're really easy to, to make. And on the AudioEase site, and I'm not here pitching AudioEase because McDSPs is great and Waves is great. But um, on the AudioEase site, there's a whole ton of both user-supplied and AudioEase-supplied spaces free to download and just use. And among those is a rather astonishingly complete set of 480L uh, patches. Uh Uh-huh. Because that was the, the one, wasn't it? Right. Now, it's true. It's more like playing that Arturia preset modular Moog player thingy, whatever that thing is called, than it is having a modular Moog in front of you. In other words, it's not the same as having the device, and you don't have all of those parameters available to you simultaneously as you would have with the original device. But sure. it's a, and you also have an astonishing number of things from which to choose. Dave, what do you use? Do you use Convolution or... Um or what? I do, yeah, uh, Space Designer for me. That's the, the I, one that comes in Logic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which I like. I love kind of really getting, uh, really tweaking that, but just taking, you know, I've not actually done any impulse recordings myself, uh, but just taking what they've got and tweaking it, some good filter stuff in there, um, good control over the envelopes. Yeah, no, I like so, it. I'm going to throw something else in, actually. Does anybody know that when you install the uh, most recent version of Logic, you get uh, an impulse recording application. Oh, no, it, I didn't know that. Uh, which you will find in your utilities folder in applications. If you go to applications and then you look in utilities, there's something in there called impulse, uh, what oh, impulse, called? Response, impulse utility. response utility, yeah. which, which is basically uh, allows you to go... I think that plays the impulses as well, if I remember rightly. I've played around with that a bit as well. Oh, right. That sounds good. So you plug a microphone into your computer, you plug some speakers into your computer, and then you press a button, and it does it all for you, basically. Mm. uh, uh, My question, though, is are all these impulse responses compatible with each other? In other words, are the ones from AudioEase compatible with Space Designer and compatible with... Uh, acoustic modeler and i don't know any of the other ones 
That's a good question. I don't know because the, the the some of the ones I downloaded from the uh, Vox and Go site were stereo WAVs, whereas the other um, other ones I downloaded uh, from I forget where the link is now, but uh, were were split stereo files. So I don't know. I mean, it may be that you have to just experiment with that, and presumably that you get multi channels if you've got a, a five uh, five one reverb or a surround reverb or whatever. I, I don't know because Altivol does surround, doesn't it? I, I believe mm. that some of them purport to open others' impulse responses, but I don't know if they all claim to open all the others' impulse responses. And is Audio Easy's 480L just something you can go and download? As I recall, I don't remember. Pay- I, I believe, yes, it came off of their website. It may have been a user set of impulse responses, but yes, there are 480Ls up there. Oh, another one that's worth um, shout, a good shout out is Quick Quacks Ray Space, which is, I'm not sure if it's convolution. It's actually modeled though, isn't it? And it's, uh, and you can create these, it's, it's a, there's a brilliant space design and you can sort of almost like it's a 3D editor and you place yourself in the space and move objects around for reflection. It's quite an interesting kind of concept actually. And that's, that's worth checking out. I'll put the link in the show notes. There was something in Giga Studio that was very interesting that I rarely see discussed, which was their own, uh, ambience area i can't even remember what they called it because it's been a while since i used it but it was very much like what you just described nick where you had a set of virtual microphones around a set of uh, virtual space and you could move the sound and or the virtual microphones within the virtual space i remember that yeah that, it was quite a good it's very cool for positioning stuff on the sound stage very useful for for kind of orchestral positioning wasn't it it was a certainly a, a lovely uh graphical user interface for that well sort we of say thing. was but in fact um Garretan have um taken over the assets for giga haven't they? and that, that should presumably be coming back to life sometime there's another thing as well which i'm going to remind people to do and that is if you're using a stereo reverb with a stereo input don't just send don't just send on a bus into the input of the reverb send different things to different sides of the space and you can make best use of the space in other words if you send a snare drum into a stereo reverb don't just send it down the middle send it hard left or left a lot and it will still come out of the right obviously because the space crosses over but it, it comes out sounding a lot more effective than if you just send everything into a reverb down the middle Okay, I've never really got into the stereo reverb thing. I guess I'm still back in the uh, old school days of MIDI verb twos and uh, stuff, which did have stereo inputs, but I still didn't know how to. I never had any, anything with proper I stereo sends. I think they were just some, though, actually. Yeah, you're probably right. Anyway, thanks for the tip, Mark. Very good. Anybody got anything to add, or should we move on to the five massive hits that nearly didn't make it? <laughs> well, okay. Well, in that case, I will. Uh, I'll give our final ad uh, from also our, uh, another sponsor of this podcast, which is uh, LoopMasters.com. Thank you very much to LoopMasters also, who are a sponsor of the site. Uh, they have been running an offer, which is the Sonic State VIP offer, and Matt has been on holiday. So anybody who's awaiting their response codes, just uh, hang in there, and you'll get it, get them real soon. I promise. But LoopMasters are the number one website and sample CD distributor dedicated to bringing you the most inspirational collections of royalty-free sounds and samples from some of the top producers worldwide their collections are available in multiple formats for all music and software and studio setups and cover all types of music if you need some inspiration for your productions check out loopmasters.com it's a sample boutique and they're offering us a special uh, sonic state vip offer if you email info at loopmasters.com with 
the subject title Sonic State VIP, then Matt will get back to you, I promise, when he's uh, now he's returned from holiday with a special code to download up to seven or eight hundred megabytes of samples uh, exclusively for you. So um, thank you very much once again to loopmasters.com for sponsoring the podcast. And also they want us to let you know about their looptv.net, which is a monthly electronic music production video cast. So uh, if you want to check that out, go over to looptv.net. Thank you very much once again. So let's get on to our last topic, which I suspect might uh, might might be kind of fun. And this was a brilliant article on cracked.com entitled Five Massive Hits That Nearly Didn't Make It. And there are there, there's some great stories. Uh, one of my favourites is, uh, well, they're all so good, but um, it's written by a chap called Ralph Baker. And the first one in the list is I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Hard to believe that that classic Stones hit kind of nearly didn't make it. But... Uh, the, the story goes that Richard's got up and recorded the the riff uh, and the phrase, I can't get no satisfaction before dozing off. <laughs> I can't imagine that, can you? The next day, Keith and Mick fleshed <laughs> out the track and immediately Keith began to, he hated it strongly. The first complaint, the song was too folksy and we all know the last thing was uh, the music public buying in 1965 was folksy sound of music. Anyway, it didn't stop there. He, Keith later admitted that he considered the title just a working title. It could have been Aunt Millie's Court, whatever. I thought of it as just a little riff, an album feather. I never thought it was commercial enough to be a single. He expressed concerns that riff sounded too f- similar to Martha and the Vandellas dancing in the street and would have been happier if it just quietly tucked away somewhere never to be talked about again. Eventually, the rest of the band had to drag Richards into the studio and force him to record the song that he wrote and show them in the first place. And even then, he considered his guitar part a scratch track and recording an unfinished demo and he just wasn't satisfied and there you go and but it finally made it out and there's just endless stories here there's the the prince one there's uh oh what else is there love is a stranger billy jean uh etc etc anyone have any favorites or, or anybody got any um other ones that they've been involved in i loved all of these prince is very very amusingly written actually prince uh recorded kiss initially for a band called the maserati who were one of his pet projects, and they were kind of waiting for him to pen the right song. And they sort of start. He he kind of chucked them kiss in a half formed idea. He start and then they started to work on it. Um, one day they left it, and they came in the next day, and um, Prince had ripped, had just basically recorded a load of guitar and vocals over it, and just said, "This is too good for you. You can't have it anymore." <laughs> and then finished it off, but took everything out. I mean, no bass. It was just guitar, drum machine, and vocal. And he played it to the record company, and they just said, "You must be joking. We can't. We can't have this." You know. They, they just they just said they, it's not possible. It sounds like a demo, and it was. Uh, but he managed to um, they managed to finally release it, and it was one of his hugest ever hits. But there's tons of it. What about you, Dave? Can you uh, any any particular stories in there that tickled your fancy? The Prince one I did like, yeah, and like you say, it's really well written. Particularly the bit about uh, was it Apollonia Six, <laughs> aka the chick who's humping Prince band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very cynically but very amusingly done. I just wonder if there's any other. I mean, because I've done, I've worked on stuff um, on projects which I've thought have been brilliant and just haven't either fitted into the album that's currently going on or whatever, and then never seen the light of day. And I've still, you know, I still occasionally bring up, oh, you should really get this track back together again. But I don't know. It's um, nobody listens to us. <laughs> the, the other, actually, the one thing about Thriller that was really fascinating is when they started working on it. Because this, there's also Billy Jean's one of them. When they first started working on it, they had three and they wrote three hundred songs, which they whittled down to nine. Now that's pretty serious. I mean, God, that must have taken a while to to go through all of that. And apparently, Quincy uh, would just didn't think Billy Jean had it, and Michael was in fact so enamoured by it that when he was writing it, he didn't realise his car was on fire. As the story goes, 
And there's some rather cruel but yet amusing um, parallels drawn from that particular story, which I'll leave you to uh, find out if you read the article. I'll put it in the show notes. Mark, ever been... I want to know what happened to the other 291 songs. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe they got covered by somebody else. Or maybe they just never saw the light of day. I I suspect they weren't fully formed. (laughs) I know. Let's write a song. There's number one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe it. Sorry. I don't believe that there are 291 songs sitting unused from the the planned thriller session. Well, that would be the way to get his career back on track, wouldn't it, if they were? (laughs) (laughs) Because frankly, most of those, even the ones that didn't make it on that record, are probably going to be good enough for, for, for some sort of usage. Well, I love the fact that Quincy Jones hated the bass line on Billie Jean. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What does he know? Yes, and next week we're going to cover the uh, 500 massive non-hit songs that shouldn't have been released. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God they weren't released, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. I mean, this has never happened to me. I don't think... I don't think... Uh, well, I've had lots of refusals from record companies. Maybe that means all my stuff is hit. Do you there think you that's the way it works? Everything or, I have is a hit. Everything you've yeah. had is a hit, and it's, you've just had the unfortunate um, coincidence that each time it goes to an A&R man, he's the equivalent guy who said the Beatles would never catch on. Exactly. But aren't all A&R guys like that? Well, I, mean, I suspect I they're more so these days. because luck, oh, isn't it? Yeah. I and think, it, seems, it seems that all of these people have one thing in common, that the artists are all absolutely like... Totally believing in their stuff and driving to have it released. Like Prince is saying, no, that's it, that's the song you're getting. And that seems to be when people have hits. When people bow down to record companies and go, oh, okay, sorry, I'll take it away and rework it, and then come back with the new version that fits in with what the A&R guy thinks it should be, that's, uh, that's when we as musicians pander to marketing and everything else and come out with sort of substandard stuff, I think. You're here. That's my assertion for the day. Yeah, <laughs> here, here. Very right, yeah. Yeah, here, I, here. Think, I think that's probably a good point. Although, Keith Richards, the, the first one, he didn't want it to go out at all. Oh, I suppose so. Okay, okay. He doesn't fit the model. But Actually, I saw a really yeah. disturbing picture of Keith Richards. He's got a moustache, and it looks doesn't look good on him. <laughs> Keith, if you're listening, mate, lose the moustache. <laughs> Ah, well, anyway, um, where are we now? Um, I, have we got time to do this um, XOXOS? Ox, I don't know how you say it. XOXOS stuff. Anyone want to quickly have a, have a listen to that? Go on. Yeah, go on. You tell me about it, because I can't yeah. run VSD plugins. This is, this is one called Piamo. It's basically um, X xoxos.net uh, is a site by a guy called Rurik Lefantasori sorry that's a really hard word to pronounce sorry if I mispronounced it it's got loads of really highly specialised kind of musical gizmos plugins that do specific things like this one we're listening to now is a sort of piano string and uh, um, emulator and this one is for emulating animals and it gets quite disturbing, actually. Oh, the monkey's quite good. Yeah, wait till you hear the seal. <laughs> There's tons of it, but I just thought... That, I mean, he's got loads of these things. They're all VST plugins, and they vary from about 
10 bucks up to 25 bucks all kind of cheap um you know not expensive and you can download demos and they're all sort of limited in some way or other but there's just a ton of it and i was just wondering whether or not there's this sort of this approach of something that's not trying to do lots and lots of things it just does one thing very niche now, there's been a couple of other ones from uh, um a, a, like a typewriter simulator and there's his latest release is i forget what it's called but it's actually a a maraca synthesizer now it may sound funny but do you think he's do you think this is actually some sort of april fool and it's, none of this exists but i mean do you think that there's actually room for these kind of very specific and very specialized plugins that do one thing sp- only and one thing specifically dave you're a plugin developer i think i need to hear from you yeah i'm well i'm very well aware of uh, rurik who when i used to uh, frequent kvr a lot used to come up with some quite interesting posts most of them slightly absurd and slightly bizarre but um he had this sort of certain way of talking which was quite it was just surreal really um and i'm sure that these do exist uh, and I do have a friend in uh, Tucson, Arizona, where Rurik is, who um, won't wear, won't go out wearing any kind of um, synth T-shirts or anything like that, just in case he's spotted by him. I think he's quite frightened of the character. Really? Um, yeah, I think he's, he's, he's a very... Uh, go to KVR and just do a search for uh, Exos or whatever he's called, and uh, you will find an awful lot of very interesting threads. Okay. So he's applying his sort of sideways look at things into VST plugin. I wonder what he uses. Does he actually develop, or is it in something like Synth Plug or whatever it's called? I think he does use Synth Edit. Yeah, synth edit. I, don't, I don't know about now, but I know back then he did. Um, and like I say, some it's the the instruments are probably as intriguing as he is as a character. That's what I'll say. <laughs> That's a sort of really, really nice, polite. No, not really. Then. Uh, (laughs) mark i suspect there might be something in there for you somewhere well if if he's listening actually what i would really like is i would like uh, an engine emulation plugin because i want to know what different engine configurations sound like there is one i'm not joking there is one a vst plugin or an au plugin it's a vst plugin Oh. Let me see if I can find it for you. I'm sorry, I, I've cut you off, cut you short a bit. Oh, well, I, I mean, I need to know what, you know, like a V configuration, a 90 degree V configuration with eight cylinders might sound like. I don't know whether one, it'll do that. Eight, Let me. Uh, four, I, six, two, five firing pattern or whatever. It's. Let me see what it's called as gun friction. Uh, no, it's a spring, fauna, circuit. Oh, I know I've seen it. A virtual machine is a commuted synthesis evil emulation of motors and similar similar mechanical sounds. How did I miss that? Where's that? It's at the bottom. I'm just going to look at the screenshot. Uh, you've got rate, sputter, timing, engine. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you've got cylinders. Well, you've got speed and you've got gear. <laughs> so you can change gear and stuff. I mean, it's pretty cool. bonkers. Might be kind of in, but it obviously works on in, in, mod, in the modelled the modelled world and there seems to be quite a lot of modeling stuff kind of going on at the moment I, I guess it's now that computers are kind of fast enough to come up with something that's that's sort of half decent you can compute it on the fly oh okay well, there you go there's an engine well you have to try it out you'll have to download it and run it on your uh, and you can tell us whether it's real or not yeah <laughs> rich i suspect there's not much room in your plugins folder for this kind of stuff although they probably wouldn't run on your pro tool system anyway but um anything in there you like the look of it's all very interesting to me, and I'm really, 
I'm kind of glad to see that this guy's doing this and intrigued by Dave's uh, tale of his um, uniqueness. Do I actually need, you know, the sounds of nature thing? Well, not right now, but if I did, maybe it'd be nice to remember that it were here. Uh, I do have a huge sound effects library, um, you know, on CDs that I could go to. But uh, a lot of very interesting stuff, and it's just really makes me, warms my heart to see people doing this kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of experimental, isn't it? I mean, it's nice and sunny in Tucson as well. I can't imagine that. Uh, it's hot. Yeah, I suppose you'd be in. Maybe, maybe he's got one called air conditioning. <laughs> you better. You don't yeah. live in Tucson without air conditioning. No, it I'm strikes talking. me as the sort of place that is not really designed for human beings to live. It's like weeks of 100-degree weather. You know, Jesus, which that's not that something that, that I would... What is that, 35 in centigrade or something? That's just too hot. I, maybe yeah, that's why he's kind they, of... Maybe he's a little fried, Dave, from time to time. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm speaking out of turn. I've never met the guy. I've never seen anything he's written, but he's got some pretty out there ideas for plugins, so I suppose that's something. Hmm. It's xoxos.net. Excuse me, uh, is where you want to go if you want to check out some of his stuff. And there's a, a number of other things as well, I'm sure, that you'll be able to find from there. But that, I, su- I suppose we're kind of we're at the end of the list. So unless anyone has anything you want to add, we can kind of we can all skip off and enjoy the sun. Mark, fire When away. it comes to this kind of text speak that people do with their text phones, you know, yeah. um, XOXOXO and all that means love and hugs, doesn't it? So if he's got love, hug, love, hug, and then S, what does S mean? I dread to think. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a good subject for his forum. Maybe there's a forum, a forum linked him. right there. <laughs> we'll have to ask him. We'll have to ask him. But on that, that's a bit of a cliffhanger there. So maybe we can carry that through to next week. This is something I'd like to play you. This, this came from... Um, so we talked about the Roland Juno competition, which, uh, how do you Juno? And this is... Um, Robbie Ryan's uh, response. He was very pleased that we mentioned it, and he's given us a little thing to play. So here it comes. Hey, what's up, Sonic State? This is Robbie Ryan from the I Love Analog blog, and I want to say thank you for the shout-out last week, and I wanted to encourage anybody out there with a Juno series synth and a dream to go out there and make a video, even if you've never been kissed and have questionable grooming habits. Thanks again. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> Uh, I think a nice way to end the show. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us, and thanks everybody for making this our bumperest, biggest bumperest live edition yet so far. We're going to hopefully build on this week on week, and we'll be moving up a tier sooner than we can imagine. So, all those in the chat room, thank you very much for joining us. That was Sonic Talk number 127 live. Uh, our sponsors this week, of course, were LoopMasters.com and Roland.co.uk/slash. Oh, I've forgotten what it said. What was it? Roland.co.uk <laughs> vsynth. What is it? V-Synth Patch Vote. Roland.co.uk slash V-Synth Patch Vote. I'll have to, I've got a lot of editing to do, clearly. <laughs> so thank you very much to my panels, by my panellists this week. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I guess PJ didn't make it, uh, unfortunately, but uh, maybe we'll finally finally get to hook up with him again. Um, shout out to PJ if uh, I hope he hasn't had too much grief and strife to keep us from uh, from him. So anyway, uh, thank you this week for Dave Spears for joining me, g4software.com. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. And Mark Tinley, um, aspergineering.com. Indeed. Thank you for joining me too. And Rich Hilton, uh, from who I guess he'll be off to work um, on more pressing professional musical matters, myspace.com forward slash Hiltonius. It's all pressing, but um, I'm quite happy for it, and I love doing this. Thank Great. you. Well, thank you very much for joining us. That was Sonic Talk number 127.